I'm Wendy Hartsock, science and peptide enthusiast. In this episode of Exploration Science, we'll be diving into topics such as peptide therapeutics, peptide manufacturing, and also the greening of peptide science. Throughout the series, we will be jumping the peptide barrier to explore other areas as well. In this first episode, I sat down with doctors Fernando Avarizio and Beatriz de la Torre, who are professors at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa, as well as with Jonathan Collins, the Vice President of Business Development at CEM. These three guests are extremely passionate about green chemistry and, and bringing that to the field of peptide science. I sat down with them at the 2021 Tides meeting in Boston, where we discussed not only the greening of peptide science, but also the future of peptide manufacturing and peptide therapeutics. Well, welcome. We are here in Boston at the 2021 Tides meeting, and I am lucky enough to be joined by Fernando Alvarizio, Beatriz de la Torre, and John Collins. And today we are going to be speaking about peptide therapeutics, green chemistry, and the future of peptides. So again, we're at Tides. This is a meeting for manufacturing of peptides, for peptide therapeutics. I'd like to, I think, start out just getting your idea on, you know, what do you see as the future of peptide therapeutics? Where is it going? Um, where are we strong? My personal opinion is that it's a good future for peptide therapeutics. It means one of the most important things for me is Right now, almost all medical targets can be faced with peptides, and this is really important. Since in the past, only was oncology, because oncology, then metabolism. But right now, all dermatology, uh, infection diseases, all can be faced by peptides, and I think this is the most important. What do you think is the most exciting thing coming out of peptide therapeutics? Uh, I think that I agree with Fernando that the, the, the wide field that is open right now, and this is challenging for the chemists because we need to, to look for the best synthesis, the most economical synthesis, and the most green synthesis. And this is a big challenge for us. Great. So you brought up green. You know, as you guys are working in the space of greening peptide science, not just synthesis, it would be science in general, you know, maybe you can talk about some of the most um, important challenges there, especially as we think about therapeutics. In the, we are talking a lot, a lot about greening the process. And most of the time we are forgetting one of the parameters, and it's time. And this also, fits very well with your ideology, with the microwave. Means time probably is one of the most important parameters to green. It's not the same to have a peptide synthesized in two days than a peptide in one hour or in two hours. Means we have to save solvents, of course. We have to use less toxic reagents, but also we have to save time. And time is very green means if we can save years of years of work, this is more one of the greenest things in, the, in, the, in, in our uh, focus. And this CEM is doing very well. Yeah. So actually, John, he bring, you know, Fernando brings up this great point about time, right? I mean, you've been in this space now since, when was the launch of the, the Liberty, was it? The very first 2003. Uh-huh, yeah. And so when you started out with cycle times, 
where were you at and where are you now? And how are you going to also, you know, continue to make that green, a greener process? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the original cycle times were, with microwave, were about 30 minutes for a whole coupling, deprotection, all the washes. And now with some of the latest systems, they're down to about two minutes um, with high purity, um, fast time, and also much slower amounts of uh, solvent being used. Um, connecting the deprotection and coupling reaction into a single step without draining between them. So really improving the process. And that, that seems like a really big impact, that you can, you can do things like decrease solvent usage and also decrease time, so you actually have a, a benefit to doing two really great things, to improving, acquiring a peptide, but then also, like you said, decreasing the waste. So, you know, we work a lot on the discovery scale, but of course there's the manufacturing scale as well. So maybe we could talk a little bit about you know, what the future of manufacturing is. Um, as we know, CEM and AmbioFarm have a partnership. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what you think about that partnership and how that's going to impact manufacturing. The chemistry is participating in different steps of the drug discovery process. First of all, in the discovery, eh? and for that it's very important to have a good synthesizer to synthesize a lot of peptides, good quality, excellent quality, in a very short period of time. And then, at the end of the process, the most important is to have a good method, a good process method, with a good synthesizer, again, to prepare a large amount, and we are talking about large amount, we are talking about kilos of peptides, large amount, kilos of peptides, in a very short period of time. And this will be a new breakthrough in the, in, the full in the whole process of the drug discovery. And I think this is very important. Yeah. Something else that you had brought up earlier was solvents, right? Greener solvents. So maybe, you know, how, how does the technology influence what solvents we have access to? And how will that improve the, the, the greening of, of peptide manufacturing? What, I am, a, a, as you know, I am a, a researcher, means I used to work in a small amount. And the concept of viscosity came to me once we started with Beatriz to work in green, in new solvents. I started 45 years ago working with DCM, diclomethan, then we moved to DMF, and we never pay attention about viscosity. Then when we start to work with polar clean, with these solvents, viscosity. It's a new, looks new. But again, what is the way to solve one of the, the viscosity problems? The high temperature, the microwave. And this again, I think, thanks to the CEM microwave instrument, Liberty Blue, we are able to use much better green solvents than if we are not using the microwave. Microwave helps to use a much, much broader uh, range of, 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 of solvents. Right. I know you've been working with Refractive Index trying to monitor the entire process. Yeah, because Can you uh, talk about one that? One important thing is to, to be able to monitor the synthesis because sometimes, I don't know in large scale because I'm working in lab scale, but sometimes you are doing the synthesis, uh, at the end you don't have the, the, the desired peptide. Then if you can monitor the synthesis along the process, you can see that there is some failure, then it will be mm, 
lot of benefit for for the larger scale. So, John, when you're doing the translation from that sort of discovery scale, maybe personalized medicine scale, up to the scale up where you're at, you know, uh, 500 grams of peptide, where where are the big benefits by having that direct translation from your Liberty uh, Blue to your Liberty Pro? So they work really well together because you can optimize very quickly on the Liberty Blue scale, um, work out optimal conditions, and each of those runs being so quick, you can get a series of runs done very efficiently. And we found it's pretty direct to go from the Liberty Blue to the large scale with the Pro. We have a direct translator on the time and temperature of the methods. There's really good mixing at the large scale system, uh, both nitrogen bubbling and mechanical mixing. And so um, what we see is a direct translation with very similar uh, purity profiles. So it's really easy to go from R&D to, to production scale. And all the benefits really scale. So you get a huge time benefit. Um, we see a huge reduction in um, solvent use. Also for the, uh, the temperature with the viscosity, obviously it brings in these greener solvents. But also with large scale washing at higher temperature, you get much better diffusion to get rid of the deprotection base. And it really helps facilitate it the, with large amounts of resin in there. And I, of course, I agree with John, but also the ureas. Sometimes we're using carbodimides as coupling reagents, and the ureas are not soluble. But again, the microwave system helps to, 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 to remove the, the, the urea. Because sometimes one of the problems is the presence of ureas, and they, they are blocking the system, and then they have problems for uh, filtration, all these kind of things. Microwaves also helps to remove the, the ureas to solubilize the UDS. And you recently had a publication looking at carbodiamid uh, chemistry to avoid the production of HCN. Can you talk a little bit about that? We are working for many, many years in additives, in coupling reagents. And we came also, I think was uh, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, with the Oxima Pure. Oxima Pure is an excellent additive for carbodimide chemistry and also in an standalone coupling reagent as Komu, or Hotu, or Totu, or uh, Pyoxim, excellent moiety. And in one of our synthesis, we realized there was some problems, but we didn't pay attention. Eh? We think that our Oxima was too reactive. And then, two years ago, colleagues uh, Lily and also Ipolypeptide, they discovered that they are making a reaction the disopropyl carbodimide DAC with Oxima. And they are the release of some ACN. And right now for us was, was also important this finding and we developed, we invest several months to try to find a totally safe uh, carbodimide that is equal of DAC but they don't react with uh, Oxima Pure. And we came with the terbutyl ethyl carbodimide. Same properties, in chemistry properties of the DIC, but they don't react with Oxima Pure. And if you allow me, please don't ask me why don't react with <laughs> Oxima Pure, because I don't know. It means even it's, it's, it's simple organic chemistry, mm -hmm. but we are working on that, but there's something that is missing. 
is the idea of primary, secondary, tertiary carbocations. Mm? It's very, very simple organic chemistry, but please don't ask me this because I cannot answer. <laughs> I will not ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, so both of you are very obviously passionate about green chemistry, about greening peptide science. Are there challenges when you talk to, you know, big companies, especially discovery versus manufacturing, are those different challenges to try to get folks over that barrier of actually doing green chemistry? So, you know, kind of, what is your experience? What are the challenges of having a company take on the green idea? In the production, in the drug production, the problem is you cannot change the, the production method. It means if you start with you, have all the all the, 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 the files, the DMF, you cannot change. Eh? And then I think to green the process will take years. Means we have to, again, to start by research, and then the first, uh, kilo, the, the first kilo should be with green solvent, with green reagents, and then we'll move to production. Mm -hmm. But people working in production knows that we cannot change from one day to another day the, 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 the method of production. The GMP is important to, to change the method. And yeah. But I think that they will do, because the, the rules will be changed. The, the governments will put rules every day more strict about waste and okay what about you john what as you've been you know talking to different companies about bringing in these green concepts what are the big challenges that you're seeing yeah it's um a lot of the challenges too is to how do how do you get an idea at the end of the day you need to be able to make your peptide in just as good a purity with and costs do become important at the manufacturing scale so a lot of the ideas that start out in the R&D phase, unless at the end of the day they can really get you the same quality product, they do struggle to make it into the um, manufacturing process. But I think there's never before been a more openness to, uh, in like sort of a desire to bring in these green processes. But I think that's a challenge that's on us and a lot of the great work that's been done is to really take some of the, the green work but keep pushing it and improving it so that you can at least match the synthesis quality of using other solvents or other coupling reagents. And I feel like it's really getting to that point now. Right. Um, some of the things are subtle, some improvements that have been made, some of the recent work with um, Tamisolve and um, the way you put the, the order of the coupling reagents to go into account for viscosity, some of the, the great work that, that you had done recently. There's some subtle things that are, um, are real important, but they're really bringing up the purity of um, peptides. And we're seeing examples now of long peptides in our lab, we've done up to about 75 amino acids, all green methods, and I think that's going to make a big difference for yeah. peptide cosmetics, and especially on new chemical entities where people are looking for brand new manufacturing processes. I think there's uh, these could come in pretty immediately. Sure. So you brought up NCEs and, and peptide cosmetics. So you have this partnership, well we do, CEM has a partnership with Ambiofarm. So how do you think that's going to maybe, is that going to lower the barrier for some of these labs to move to green chemistry? Is that a hope that you have for that? I, I think so. We've been asked for a number of years from people for green processes, um, contacts we've had in the industry. And so I think um, as long as we can deliver and at the end of the day they can receive um, their peptide at the scale at a reasonable price, but to have you know, free of these CMR solvents, that would be a major importance to a lot of these people. and even outside of cosmetics for really any NCs. I mean, it's it's just a good thing all around, and I think everybody would like to see it. Yeah. 
So when you think about green chemistry and your, you know, your goals, right? You, you have a vision, what makes you excited, those things. What do you think are going to be the biggest short-term achievements, maybe in the next few years that you'll see, versus long-term achievements? Mm. Right now, we are trying to adapt the old chemistry, very efficient chemistry. This means FMOC protection groups, servitude protection groups, with the green chemistry. And maybe the big challenge is to change the rule of the games. And then to have to develop new protecting groups or pseudo protection and to make this compatible with water. Because I think this is the big challenge, to make a new rules of the game with water compatible. And again, for that, probably the microwave will be also one of the key okay. of the new. This will take years. Eh? We have, will take years. Means if more chemistry took 20 years to be adapted. This was developed by Luca Arpino in 1970, the first paper, and took to the 90s to be adapted. Eh? Means this will take years, efforts, but uh, for us, for our lab, is, 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 we, we will love to work. We are working on that and there are other labs around the world. It's important to say that peptides in all the six continents, right, people working in peptides is, is very important, and there are other labs who will work on that. But this is the big challenge. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, we have to, to put two terms. The, the short term should be reduce the waste and make, as Fernando said, as green as possible, the, the monomers. That's one. But then, when this is achieved, the second is to recycle. Ah, yes. Then, recycling, we will reduce again the waste. Then, but this should be long term. First is uh, uh, reduce the waste and then recycle the waste. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, may I have yes, a, a question to, to, to of John? Would it be possible in the in your in your system to recycle the, 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 the to not to not to reuse no it's not isn't recycle to reuse the piperidine solvent and maybe you can we can you can use always the same one maybe you don't need to fresh yep. because at the end the piperidine is removal is removing the the, the the smog is making the adduct and maybe you can reuse in the same synthesis always yeah. the same the yep. same. Mixed. I don't know. It's a crazy idea, probably. Absolutely. Yeah, where you can selectively divert things and then have them come back in. And there are strategies where you can take like certain wash steps from previous cycles, wash waste, and use them for um, subsequent cycles. Um, absolutely. I think there's things like that that could be continued to be developed. Yeah. And maybe you, a CEM, can come with a cycle with five mLs of solvent, of new solvent, yeah. five mLs, yeah. or six mLs, something right. like that. And this, yep. in, a, in a 30 minute spectacle, could be with 180 mLs only. Right. Yeah, this. So, did, were you going to add to that? No. Sorry. <laughs> I just, Sorry. you know, you're talking about it maybe taking years to get folks to adopt these different methods, but I wonder if it has to be that way. You know, I wonder if there are things that we can do um, companies, professors, students, social media that could help propel that. You know, what, because 
we, we always talk about challenges, right? What are the challenges? And so you bring up like purity, they want to keep the same purity. Obviously there's regulations. So if a, if a drug is already approved, they have to stay with the same or they have to completely redo their whole filing, right? So, so I understand those are barriers. But people, in, you know, in, in all of our countries, we can change things really drastically, right? Dramatic change. So it's about maybe organizing, right? And getting people to go to government agencies and say, you need to start, you know, demanding the green production of peptides of other drugs. In my opinion, for that is very important. Work together, companies and academic groups. This is really important. It means this partnership between companies, the industrial sector, and the academia is really important. If we work together, we can achieve whatever we 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 want. And I think that we have to add another is the, the government that favors uh, that uh, everything was implementing along the time. Yeah. And also, in the, same, in the same idea of Beatriz, means sometimes the chemistry has not good reputation. Mm -hmm. And the governments have to also explain people that we are here, and we are here very comfortable, thanks to the chemistry. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to the chemistry. Right. And some right. people, they, they don't know that. And this, as Beatrice say, government, industrial sector, and academic sector, we have to work together yeah. to green our life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So maybe one last question, unless you have more. I, I, I wanted to ask their perspective. Um, you know, you're, you're in Africa, you're in Spain, you're all over the globe. Where do you think the... Um, most likely places to change first? Is it going to be Europe? Is it going to be America? Canada? I'm asking you to throw on, you know, your, your <laughs> futuristic uh, hat there, your predictive hat, but just, I'm just curious, you know, if, as you talk to folks, wh where do you think that change is going to happen first? I don't know what I to don't answer. No, these are difficult, these, uh, you promised yeah. difficult questions, and these are very <laughs> tough. <laughs> these are very tough questions. Yeah. Uh, Maybe some of the audience can think that maybe in Africa we are not taking care of that uh, problems, and it's not true. Africa is fighting very hard to, 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 to have a green ecosystem. That means I will not say that we'll be the first, but for sure we'll be not the last. Early adopter. I means in the, this this feeling this uh, is in in Africa. Okay. Is there much manufacturing in Africa? Is there infrastructure there for manufacturing? What is the We are in South status? Africa. In South Africa mm -hmm. has a, a manufacturing okay. uh, factories. Yes, for instance, uh, in South, right now we are in the COVID era, mm -hmm. and in South Africa, the, best, the, the, the first vaccine is the Janssen, the, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Why? There are two reasons. One is one shot. But the most important reason is because it's produced in South Africa. South Africa, Aspen Pharmaceutical, is producing the Johnson & Johnson, the Janssen, the Johnson vaccine. This, uh, they are, and also they are uh, uh, producing some peptides in, 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 in Aspen. Means yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And you think that will grow? That will continue? The, the manufacturing? Is there? I think for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure, because the COVID 
brought terrible things, but also so good things. And countries, continents realize that it's important to have in-house all the process. It means we cannot in Africa wait to our friends in USA or our friends in Europe to, to, to send us the, the, the final product. We have to produce ourselves. And then, for sure, this will be, will be, will increase this. So, for CEM, we've partnered with, with uh, both Fernando and Beatriz. I mean, we have instruments in your laboratory. We're working together collaboratively. What do you think is going to come out of that? Again, I would ask sort of short term, more immediately. What do you see coming out of that collaboration? Okay, I hope that uh, we can start new, new ways. Because I think that in CEM, you are doing a lot of work that we, we don't have to repeat. Then we have to work in, in a new direction, uh, trying new things, trying new solvents, trying... Um, and I think that we can be successful. Why not? Yeah. Same? Uh, yes, yes, the same. Uh, and also with Beatriz, maybe okay, we have some ideas, and we can start to, to, to talk about these ideas. Means right now in the in the in the CM machines we are making the the amid the amid bond the peptide bond, but also we have some ideas to make some cyclic peptides in the in the CM machine. Means wow. Also, okay. And then also this will be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How about you? So I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. I think um, working with the two of you has been just very amazing. I've learned a lot and have really in, enjoyed it. And I think, I think it's going to be, over the next few years, we have the opportunity to continue to make longer, more difficult peptides. Really now we're working a lot more on scale up together and also looking at the whole process outside of just the synthesis, but even then the purification and bringing that in and all steps to the final process. I think there's a lot left to be done and I actually think the speed with which we're working it feels like it's picking up um, where there could be a lot of innovation here in the next you know few years so I think it's very exciting all right well the purification <laughs> step because uh, it's nothing done right now and it's a very important step because it's also a lot of uh, solvents that are waste and also you lost a lot of product that you are producing. Yeah. Then is that key? Absolutely. That's a really good point because you have these two different processes that feed into each other in terms of greenness. So the more you can do on the front end, sometimes even at the expense of a little bit of extra work up front, you could end up saving a lot of solvent and waste on the purification. So kind of bringing that whole piece together and looking at it, I think is really exciting. Yeah, having a holistic view of the whole process. Yes, yeah. because as Beatriz says, synthesis is important, but, but the purification is key. And because you can ruin the synthesis if you, can, you are not able to purify it. Yeah. And sometimes this is the problem. Oh, yeah. In the small, uh, in research, to have the two or three milligrams for biological tests, but in the large scale, to have from to 70% to 75% is a lot of money there. And a, a lot of reagents, a lot of solvents means, again, to be green is to increase the yields of purification. And if we are going to, 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 to increase 5, 10% of the overall yield, 
we are doing the process much, much greener. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we're getting into this partnership where you have um, this you know, production of peptide um, NCEs and also cosmetics, does that also open up the space to more difficult peptides, to more diverse peptides? I mean, what, what do you think the benefits will be from the, the CEM-AmbioPharm partnership? I think in different, in different focus. First of all, of course, cosmetics. Cosmetics, for several reasons, needs to work in the greenest atmosphere. Also, cosmetics is a small peptide, and the price of the peptide for cosmetic in the market is much, much lower, should be much, much lower than in the pharmaceutical. In, the, in that case, they require a more efficient synthesis. Cheaper and more efficient synthesis. Cosmetics, for sure. And then, again, large peptides, complicated peptide, peptide with a structure. Means this is uh, 20, 30 years ago was unthinkable, unthinkable to have a peptide of 40 amino acids in the market. Uh, right now, John mentioned 70 amino acids in research, but maybe in a few years, these 70, 75 amino acids will be in the market. And for that, it's not possible to do the classical chemistry, room temperature, we need something else. And then, not in research, in production, and then microwave games in this, yeah. in this, in this game. Right. right. So that's something, you know, I, when I first started in peptide, so that was 2005 with Jane Aldrich, um, you know, we said, okay, it's 50 amino acids or less, that's a peptide. That was our generic cutoff, right? And, you know, people would say, okay, well, then it's a protein after that. Well, as we're getting into making these 70 MERS, 100 MERS, what, does that matter, that line, that threshold between peptide and protein? Are we all really just peptide chemists, even if we're making proteins? Mm, these, Steve Ken, yeah. they have a mm -hmm. very nice synthesis of uh, insulin, a chemical synthesis of insulin. Of course, insulin is a bad competitor because the price of insulin is, 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 is very difficult to, 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 to fight against this price. But for sure, we have some proteins uh, 70, 80, 100, then will be chemically. I mean, no, there are no doubt about that. Also, technology is helping us. Microwave is helping us. The new purification methods helping us, but also the new analytical methods. Eh? And then the analytical methods also are helping us to have in the market peptides with 70, 80, 90 amino acids. And chemi chemistry is not so bad in compared with biotech, because also mm, we have side reactions, yeah. but also they have side reactions mm -hmm. as particles, as, par as paragene, this kind of thing. I mean, they, 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 they is not uh, free of side reactions. Eh? That's right. And I think we are more better. Our position is better to fight against our chemical side reactions. Great. Anything else that you wanted to yes. add? Yes, you uh, if do. you don't mind. <laughs> no, Means, I keep going. Um, <laughs> Fernando, now he's just telling Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> good. I'm talking it. about things and I like yeah, it, I'm very yeah. excited. I, I like this moment mm -hmm. to thank to the, not the Collins family, of course, the Collins family also, but the CEM family. Mm -hmm. 
in, on behalf of, my, of our students, not on behalf of Beatriz and myself, and we always thank to you. Our students are very proud of this collaboration with CEM. Means students prefer to work yeah. in a project in collaboration with you than to work in a crazy idea of Fernando or Beatriz. <laughs> they feel much more important in a collaboration with, with companies and with CEM. They are very, very happy to, to, to be able to, to use the, the, the instrumentation, to use new solvents, to short time the, 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 the times. And even uh, right now we are working in a paper. It's not with the synthesizer, but the idea of the paper came from the use of the synthesizer. Mm -hmm. It's a methodological paper, eh? uh, and it came from the use of the synthesizer. Using the synthesizer, we realized that we can do, we learn from the synthesizer. People say that, no, the, the synthesizers learn from the, from the manual synthesis. In that case, the manual synthesis learn from the learn from the synthesizer, and students are very very happy. And on behalf of our students, thanks to the CM family, and of course John and Mike and you Wendy also for this great opportunity to work together. We feel, if you don't mind, we also feel part of the CM yeah, family. You are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm very proud to be with CEM. I'm very proud to be able to work with the two of you. I cannot wait to meet your students live at a conference. Uh, I think that'll be really amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe a parting thought on, on our end. I, I, I think it's, um, it's just been a wonderful privilege to have the opportunity to work with, with both of you and many of your students in your, your labs. And I can remember the first time we met actually here in Boston um, almost 20 years ago and how far we've come since then some of the original work and just over the years talking with both of you has been a real pleasure on science and just um, uh, everything and just a real openness which I think we share to not just do what was done in the past but to really look at how can we learn things from the past but constantly innovate and change and I think that culture I I really enjoy working with you both, and it's, it's uh, our pleasure. Thank it's you. wonderful. It's wonderful for us too. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for for joining John and I in this conversation, and there will be many more to come. This is just the beginning. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Exploration Science. We welcome your comments and your feedback on this topic, as well as suggestions for future topics. You can also find this content available as a blog post as well as a podcast by using the links below. Thanks again for tuning in.